All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on Avalanche. On today's episode, a PTO from the preseason signs for the rest of the regular season and another call up from the Colorado Eagles. This one has, I know Kyle's excited, but I am very excited about this specific call up that's going to be playing tonight in Winnipeg. A lot to get to for today's episode. Another episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you right now. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At this rate, uh, I think you and I are going to get called up at some point in this season. I, I don't know. This is craziness, but so far it's been all aces so far. Uh, for the Avalanche and calling out the Eagles. So a lot to get to in today's episode. Thank you for joining us here at Locked On Avalanche. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. And uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube, Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. <clears throat> All right, sir. We will start with, uh, I guess, the, the guy who's been in the league longer uh, than the uh, than Jean-Luc Foudy. But we'll start with, with Galchenyuk. Was brought into the Avalanche in the preseason on a tryout. And I think a lot of people were, were thinking because tryouts, well, the year before worked out pretty well for the avalanche that it was just going to do the same thing and just, you know, repeat itself for Galchenyuk. He got hurt. Um, but Jared Bednar kind of like left like some tea leaves lying around um, in that they could bring him back. And because you know, he liked what he saw from him. Um, and long story short, that's exactly what's happened. They, they've signed him for the duration of the remainder of the season, um, which is most of the season. I mean, still two thirds of the season left to go. Uh, I'm not going to get like super excited about this because I don't think he's a guy that's going to move the needle all that much, but for what he could do for the avalanche on those depth lines, I'm not a hundred. I'm not totally against this. I think it's a pretty good signing and see what he can do with a good team on a good team. Why not? I've been seeing a lot of people sharing and excited that, oh my goodness, can you believe this? We signed Galchenyuk. What a steal. One year, 750K. This mm. is incredible. Do we not forget the PTO? We let him go of the PTO because he was injured. Mm. He sustained that injury, and it was just kind of one of those, we'll, we'll come back to you when you can play for us. When you mention the name Alex Galchenyuk, it's a name everybody knows, but it's a name that hasn't been relevant in since pre-pandemic. Longer than that, right? I don't know. It's it, like <laughs> everybody mean... likes to think of Galchenyuk in the coyote sweater, and I guess absence makes your heart grow fonder. Everybody yeah. likes to think he's like an all-star caliber player, but his best well, years were in Montreal. Yeah, and that's the thing, like. It, it, his best years were when he started in the league. Yes. He was a third overall pick 
right? Um, in 2012. So he he's 10 years in the league. He's still only 28 years old. Um, he has had good seasons, but it's what have you done for me lately? He's had and great what, seasons. Yeah, he has. Uh, but they are in the distant past. You know what I mean? If you're going uh, his first year, decent rookie season. 48 games played with Montreal, nine goals, eight assists, 27 points, a plus 14. Um, and then he followed that up with uh, 31 points after that is when he kind of like these next uh, five years, I'll say two, three, four. Yeah. Were like his best years. Mm -hmm. So he went 46, 56, 44, 51, 41. So he was consistent for a handful of years. And then the bottom dropped out. What year was that? um, So he had 41 points with, with his first year in Arizona. Um, he was a, a minus 19. Oddly enough, the year before that, his last year with Montreal, when he had 51, he was a minus 31. Oh, Bednar so numbers. That is <laughs> That's still not even touching Bednar numbers, but uh, <laughs> that's still bad. So um, we're really just, I mean, it you just fell off a cliff his first year in Pitt um, yeah. in 1920. So you're right, really, like, yeah, almost right around pandemic time. Um, 45 games, he had 17 points. And then since then, uh, well, let's see. Um, so, okay. So in Pitt, 17 points, but then he did play 14 games with Minnesota and had seven more. So 24 points um, in 59 games. Not good. In Ottawa, he only played eight games. He had a single goal. In Toronto, 26 games played, 12 points. Yeah, does everybody remember that stint? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in Arizona, again, um in 21 22 60 games played 21 points so a little bit of an uptick there that he had last season but with Arizona so it's one of those things where it's like yeah you you're 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 hoping he can revert to first half of his career and when you have a good team this happens a lot when when a good team kind of goes like fishing around for players to fill holes in they take chances on guys like this because and you it's already I already saw Adrian Dater do do a, a story on his website about could Galchenyuk be the next Nachuska. <sighs> and and while that is a stretch, I understand what he's going for there because we all want to look at Val Nachuskin right now and just say like how he is one of the best players on their team. He's one of the hardest workers on the team. Look at the contract he got. And we all think that's going to happen again, or we want it to happen again. And, and we we kind of just forget that yet, yeah, like he he was just left for dead down the Chuskin. Galchenyuk's kind of in that same realm. Uh, can lightning strike twice? Sure. Uh, but it, it, this is a little bit of a, a more of a stretch, I think, than than the Chuskin was. And it's interesting, Dater's trying to draw a parallel between Nuke and Galchenyuk because this feels more like an Erod situation. Um, because Galchenyuk uh, he turned into a journeyman. And then yeah. when you were talking about if Rodriguez could get in and plug and play with the Avalanche, we're talking about him coming from like the Pins and the Sabres. And we just kept saying like the talent for the Avalanche is enough that he can get in, plug in, and play. Galchenyuk came from Minnesota, Toronto, a Montreal team that after they moved on, were in the finals not a year or two later. Mm. 
if you can't like and going back Toronto, Ottawa, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, why can't you produce there? Those are good teams. Those aren't the Sabres. Right. Yeah. It it is a little bit question. Like, I mean, they're, they're like you said, Pitt is always in the mix. Yes. Minnesota usually is always in the mix. Ottawa, that's the, I mean, you only played eight games for them, but whatever. Uh, Toronto, you should be, you know what I mean? So that's it's a good point. Like you're playing for for decent teams. Why why, why are your numbers going the other way? Yeah. Are you are you subscribing to the journeyman mentality where I'm just going to get in here, not mess up, and just do the bare minimum, the JT Comfer play style? Just hey, I'm not messing up, I'm not doing too much, but I'm doing just enough. Is that the mentality he's adopted after leaving Montreal? Because that's the kind of player the Avalanche are wanting to give a chance. We want to return to his Montreal days. We're not we're not doing a Nuchushkin rebuild here. We're trying mm-hmm. to capture Montreal, Galchenyuk. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, we have two comforts. <laughs> and the thing with Nuchushkin was like he wasn't that far removed from mm-hmm. Dallas, like basically just giving up on him. So there was like there wasn't all of these seasons that he had, like Galchenyuk has, has, has had, of, okay, like, you can look at a, a laundry list of seasons and say, like, okay, the last handful have not gone well for him. You couldn't do that when it's Chuskin. Yeah. For some unknown and, and they were saying, like, for some unknown reason, Dallas just threw the towel on it. He wasn't playing well, but he was young. He was young, and they didn't want to work with him. Avalanche were like, we'll give you a shot, and we all know how that, so it's different. It's 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 a different, uh, you know, story really between Nachuskin and and Galchenyuk. But I, I think because he is, you know, a third overall pick, and those don't always pan out. I'm not saying like just because he's a third overall pick, like he, he he's going to be in the league for you know to have a 20 year career. Um, you have to wonder the, the, how much that he's not producing these last handful of seasons. Like if he can't do it with all those teams that you mentioned, and now you add the avalanche to that, that he can't produce. How many more teams are going to give him a shot after this? This is it. And he has to know that like nuke was a player that wasn't given a chance. Erod never had a team that he could plug and play and be a part of and grow with. Like he had great talent. Like, Every time it was, we need a free agent, like trade deadline, you would always hear the smattering of, if we could go get pick up Evan Rodriguez, I think he'll plug and play. And look how great he's doing. Right. Granted, he's injured, but he's been incredible. A great addition. Galchenyuk had the talent, had past tense. And he's been on teams that you technically on paper, it's a plug and play situation and he should flourish and his numbers are going the other way. So if he kind of does the status quo here that's not what we want granted i get it we're paying peanuts for him like he's he's basically free league men yeah what's the problem here but we don't with avalanche players falling off left and right we don't need another project we're playing the eagles call-up game we're about to start calling the grizzlies we're we're about to deplete loveland and we're going to start calling the grizzlies from the echl like we don't need to have a new project on the side to see if we can revitalize his career too. Mm. It'll be interesting. Um, 
I mean, he, he's he's wearing the jersey, so you know, I'll definitely root for him. And sometimes, Absolutely. you know, sometimes guys have to go through a, a rough stretch. This is a longer rough rough stretch than I think he ever wanted. Um, but you know, he's had time to kind of really like stand back, say, okay, what's wrong? Uh, where is a good fit for me? I think the Colorado Avalanche are a good fit for anybody uh, going through what he's going through. So I think they have the right people in place to kind of pull him through this and uh, maybe, maybe it'll reinvigorate him. Yep. We don't know. And that's, that's all I wanted to say about that was I wanted to temper the expectations. Cause like I was seeing him being shared around on socials. Like this is like the, yeah. the fix and it's not, no. there's a lot of Galchenyuk <laughs> removed from the Galchenyuk. You think, you know, and even with, with Nachuskin, it wasn't like from from day one, yeah. he was just the Val Nachuskin that we have now. It took him time to grow. So I feel like signing him for the rest of the year kind of tells me that they were patient with Nachuskin. I'm not going to say they're going to be as patient with Galchenyuk where they're going to sign him you know, uh, to an, an extension after this season. But he has the rest of the season. Yep. And he did play some games for the Eagles. He played like seven or eight yep. games for the Eagles. So these can always go back down there if, if he's playing completely terrible. Uh, but it kind of tells me like, okay, we will we, we will give you – we have all of these injuries, first of all. So we do need you to kind of play a, a, a big – I'll say a big role, a role mm-hmm. on this team. Um, so we'll give him the rest of the year to kind of maybe work through the kinks. I don't know. We'll There's, see. There's a fine line between Abe Kubel and Darren Helm when it comes to PTO, and mm-hmm. Galchenyuk can dictate where this goes. Yeah. So uh, we will definitely see him. And another player that we will see for the first time, save for the preseason, Jean-Luc Foodie is on the way up. So uh, what does that all mean? Uh, we'll talk about him and then the Winnipeg game itself. But uh, first, we are going to hear from... Bet online and betonline.net. It's your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, including the World Cup, which uh, my uh, colleague over here tells me the United States is playing today. I do not follow soccer. Um, I just cannot get into it for the life I of me. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I yeah. believe that we will win. We Come will on. tie. <laughs> I believe that we will tie. <laughs> and it's that game against England just, just – <laughs> you know, solidified that for me. Just can't get into it. I saw a great tweet the other day or that was uh, what they should do in soccer is uh, shorten the field, uh, less players, just make it three forwards, two defensemen and a goalie, shorten the net and flood everything in ice. Hey, (laughs) there you go. And you have the greatest sport in the world. (laughs) Uh, Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball course in soccer esports and our beloved hockey we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts and who doesn't you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more that is betonline.net it's where the game starts oh i forgot i did it for you i got it thank you i got it Your mind is elsewhere today. I know. It. I was I was yeah. thinking about foodie, honestly. Food or foodie? Because Both. Uh, yes, the the guy with the built-in hockey nickname is on his way uh, to join the Avalanche in in Canada for his first game. Jean Luc Foodie, uh, their their third round pick. Believe it or not, like you don't get up too too much 
for third round picks. Um, but when they drafted him, um, I, I had on uh, Will Will Scouching. If you follow uh, Scouching Report, he's a great guy that, that covers uh, you know prospects and the draft and everything. I had him on after that specific draft, and he said one of his his favorite guys to track for that draft was Jean Luc Foudy. Mm. Um, he said he was, in his opinion far and away the best skater in the draft. And when you watch him, it's we said for, for a long time when Nathan McKinnon was coming into his own, um, how, if you told somebody to, to watch a hockey game that doesn't really watch hockey guys like Nathan McKinnon, jump off the screen, guys like Connor McDavid, jump off the screen. Uh, Jean-Luc Foudy has that ability. He, he is fun to watch skate. And he's fine. Like this season, he is re- like, this is what they wanted from him. And this is what happened. He's only 20 years old. So what he did the previous season down in, in Colorado, or excuse me, in uh, with the Eagles in Loveland, mm-hmm. like it took, it, it just takes time. Guys, guys need to come into their own. It happened for Nathan McKinnon. Not everybody is Cam McCarr and just comes onto the scene, busting on the scene. And they're a superstar. Um, for, for I'm not saying Foodie is going to be a superstar, but his skill set is vast. So I really am. I, he's a little bit undersized. I think he's like 170 pounds or so. Um, but uh, you would like to see that fill out a little bit more. And like I said, he's only 20 years old, so he probably can. When you know, as as the years goes on, he'll put it put on a little bit more bulk. But he's got the speed. He's got the offensive capability. He's got the shot. And it's finally starting to pay dividends for him in Loveland. Um, he's third on the team in scoring. In 18 games, he's got five goals, nine assists for 14 points. I'm excited about this one, man. Very excited about this one. And for all the hullabaloo that we had when preseason was over and the final cuts were made on the roster – and we were kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see Olaus and even Foodie. We were making the case, like we even talked about bringing him to uh, Finland for the global games. Mm. Um, yeah, we were talking like, well, we're not going to see him until next year. He's going to get a full year to kind of play with the Eagles and kind of get acclimated to the game. Not only is he getting acclimated to the game, he's playing against. I know this is weird to hear, but one of the top teams in the league in Winnipeg. Like, they are playing really, really good hockey right now. Mm. And he's just 20. His skill set against that skilled team, it's going to, you mentioned uh, somebody who doesn't watch hockey, uh, just turning on the game and seeing who stands out. I'm going to be watching Foodie like a hawk. I I mean, I want to see, it's so weird because I don't know where he's he's going to be. They bring up someone like Oscar Olauson and throw him on the second line. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Foodie's on the fourth line. And if he is, you know, maybe he, he only gets like five or six minutes. I hope that that doesn't, I'd like to see him play. Uh, but just because what the, what they did with Alausen and all the injuries that they have, it, it's anybody's guess where he's going to be at this point, but my guess would be fourth line, but who knows? Dude, is this where we finally get our kid line? Well, you'll have 
I mean, what, 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 I don't know, dude, I I can't even wrap my head around like what these lines look like because they change so much because there's so many injuries. And now you bring in Galchenyuk and, and where's he going to be? He's a third, not the kid line. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. opposite of kid. Uh, it could happen. What do you got? Ranta, uh, foodie. I put Uh, new hook. Olausen. <laughs> I don't think Olausen's with them anymore. I think he's back down. Put, I, I think I thought I hook. saw somewhere that 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 Olausen was back down. I thought it was just the cap move. It could have been. Let me. I can. I think he might have. I think quick. he's still up. If not, um, if I'm bringing Foodie up, yeah, the first person I'm pairing him with is New Hook. Like they did with the Lawson. Yes, and I'm putting, yeah. I'm anchoring that line, and I might bring one more. I don't know if I'm putting Galchenyuk there, because mm-hmm. that's New Hook doesn't need to learn from Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk needs to learn from somebody else on the right. team. Yeah, and Foodie needs to be right there with New Hook, and they need to be working together. Um, I'm on the Eagles transaction log. And Olausen, yeah, I think maybe he's still there. Okay, maybe I didn't. Maybe I saw something different. So he but should that, still. That be would there. be your line. Wow, dude, do it. Yeah, I would. That would be my third line. I would bring Olausen down. Like you had your, but, you had your moment up there. Yeah, that's nice. But, yeah, but who? I mean, who's replacing him right now? Because you don't have Erod back. Galchenyuk. Eesh, man. <laughs> hey, what what's gonna what's gonna happen? What's what's he gonna do? Uh, yeah, no, and, and and you know why not? Everything else has been turning up bases for you right now, so I guess give it a shot. But that'd be fun. So it'd be like Ranta, Foodie, oh, and Olausen. Oh, just Go say that out it. loud. Oh. Go for it, as yes, do it, do it. <laughs> like and that's uh, what you go. need. You have that, yeah. that killer top line. Whatever the second line is going to be, like make it. You got Lekkinen. He's going to be fine. Mm. So make that third line the kid line, and the fourth line, Bednar, Alan Roach, and Bednar. What, what do you mean, Bednar? Kyle Keefe. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's on that fourth line. Yeah, Just put people out there. Yeah, just enough to log five to but ten. Then you minutes. got O'Connor on the fourth line, and O'Connor's been playing some of his best hockey. For I, that yeah, much, I feel like, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, it's Roll not a demotion. Line. Uh, second it's not a demotion. line. You know, you can, you can have a fourth line of, of Logan O'Connor and him be the best player out on, on the ice. So it's, you know, it's, it's not for a lack of production. It's just strategic. So strategic. we're talking about all these injuries going up and down. And now we're we are in a wealth of lineup combinations. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but unproven line combinations. So it's, it's a little bit scary if you ask me. Everybody's unproven at one point. Yeah. Um, but I, I love this because you know Foodie is is a product of really uh, COVID coming into play for guys guys of, of you know minor league you know leagues. Yep. You know he he was in the OHL and because of COVID those guys couldn't play in the AHL. But because of COVID they allowed them to do that and he stayed there and he has benefited. He would not be here right now if it wasn't for COVID. Yep, it's the crazy thing about it. Like, yeah, it's a horrible thing that, it, but uh, the the things that you can pull out of it in the hockey sense is because leagues were shut down, they allowed them to go other places, and he was ahead of the game in playing the NH or the AHL because he probably wouldn't have been there for a couple of years. 
So, and now he's about to make his debut. So you pull for guys like that. Um, yeah. Ever since they drafted him, I, I, I want to say I've been counting the days, but I've been looking forward to yeah. when he finally, if he could make it up and it's a little bit of, of luck on his end because so many injuries the avalanche have had. I don't know who put it up. Might've been Peter Baugh, uh, but the avalanche all of last year used 39 players all of last year. They're already at 35 and we're not even in December. Crazy. So it, <clears throat> we should. It's going to be and like in the dynamic between Galchenyuk to watch and Foodie to watch against Winnipeg. It's going to make this game a lot more interesting than you thought at the beginning of the year when you saw this on the calendar. This is going to be a heck of a game. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about that game. So uh, you, ha- you have the Avs and Winnipeg and you look at the standings and short Dallas is still at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but the team, the, the, the teams kind of in the middle are really the hotter teams in this division right now. And yes, while Dallas is uh, with 28 points, Winnipeg is right behind them with 27 with two games in hand, the avalanche with 25 points with three games in hand. And if you look at the last 10, that these teams have played. First of all, Dallas is on a two-game losing streak. Uh, their last 10, they're f- uh, four, three, and three, while Winnipeg is seven, three, and zero. Oh. The Avalanche are eight, two, and zero. Oh. Uh, St. Louis Blues are the same at eight, two, and zero. Oh. So those three teams are really the ones that are kind of Dallas has the seed of number one. But if you look at just the the simple raw numbers of of standings and games, recent games played. Um, those three teams are, are playing the best in the division right now. And, and Dallas is fighting for their lives to stay at number one and Winnipeg, uh, dude, like that, that first game that they played against the Avs, it was no fluke. No, like this is a good team. And, and a lot of people, myself included thought last year, they were going to do very well. They fell flat and they're turning it around. I don't think this is one of those, those things where it's like a team starts out hot and fades at the end of the year. I think Winnipeg is in this for the long haul. And when you watch them play, they're, 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 they have it all. They have the goaltending. They have the offensive ability. And they have very sound, solid defense. They're a tough, tough team to beat. This is going to be – and now you're playing in their arena. This is going to be a tough game for the Avs. And not only do you have solid defense, but solid defense that can score. So it alleviates and it makes it where you have to focus on literally everyone. And that's going to be the key going into tonight's game is not getting beat on assignments, which is something the Avalanche do a lot. When you see goals um, occur against the Avalanche, it's usually because of a missed assignment. You see somebody floating around out of place. In Winnipeg, that's what they live on. They want you to do that. And you're going to have Yorgiev versus Hellebuck. Like, it's a heavyweight. Uh, That's going to be good. This is going to be a challenge for the abs. Like even if they were completely healthy, it would be a challenge and you have all of these injuries, uh, but you've been playing well with all of these injuries. So I I feel good going into the game because like I said, the abs have, even though they're, they're fielding, what seems like a, an AHL team, they're playing well. So they're going to ride that wave. Um, But you're going to, and, and Winnipeg's had some injuries too, but they're getting, I think they just got, uh, Nikolai Eller's back. So he's been injured for most of the season. So he's back. That only benefits them. Um, yeah. The goalie situation for both of these teams, I'm looking at Hellebuck is just Hellebuck. He's, yeah. he's awesome. So 
you know, this avalanche team, which is decimated, is, is going to be challenged to score goals on one of the best goalies in the league. And when you have a team that's, you know, your Galchenyuk's and your Jean-Luc Fruities, you, your, your top guys are going to your, – your depth always has to play a role, always. And, and not, like you said, not miss assignments, play a solid sound game, and then this is where your, your superstars need to be superstars. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon has got to come out firing. Miko Ranton's got to come out firing. And then if you get any production point-wise from your bottom six, that's a bonus. Don't let anything up. Don't let anything behind you. Keep guys, you know, outside the dots. Don't let anybody into the house. And then when when the top two lines get really the top line, because I don't know what the second line is going to look like. The top line has got to be the top line in this game, or this could get ugly. Because both of these teams are constructed in a way that it's almost each each punch, whether it's forwards, defense, or goalie, it's almost a mute point. And mm. it's not so much better on better. You're waiting for the first person to make a misstep. And that's where things start falling apart. Because if you've looked at this defensive core for Winnipeg, Josh Morrissey is putting up Kale McCarr numbers on defense. What's he got? 23 points. Wow. <clears throat> Kale's got 21. And we talk about Kale every episode. Josh Morrison is doing that. Turn, uh, turning back the clock with Wheeler, man. Yeah. 20 like this... games played. He's got four goals, 12 assists, 16 points for him. Like he's turned, I don't want to say turned it around, but he's just, you know, come back from the dead. Uh, Mark Shifley, who's always been that guy to me that is right on the cusp of, of just right. being uh, like greatness. Yes. And he just seems to, to just falter every once in a while. He's playing very well. Um, they're they're finally playing to their potential right now, and I don't know if that's because of the coaching change or or it's just everybody's another year older, and you know they're just having better camaraderie. I don't know what it is. I don't follow them that much, but um, watching them play, they're a fun team. They are. They're a, they're a fun, exciting team, much like our Avalanche. So this should be a fun, exciting game. But it's going to be a battle. I don't. I don't anticipate a blowout here by any stretch of the imagination. A one nothing game could be very real on either end. And I don't feel like that that one goal tally is going to come in regulation either. It has a, <laughs> it's going to be yeah. a, one of those long, just slog games of overtime where it's beautiful hockey all the way through. But I have a feeling it might go the distance. Both mm. teams are walking out with points of some fashion. Then mm. you're going to try and figure out what you have to do against a team like this, recoup against Buffalo, and then put everything you learned into practice against Boston. That's coming mm. up. Okay. Yeah, a zero zero. This zero zero game would be so much more exciting than that zero zero game between uh, <laughs> U.S. and England. So yeah, just had to get one more soccer dig in before we end this. It's, this episode. Hey, it's so. U.S. versus Canada. Uh, do they play each other? In the World no, World? it's it's Avalanche Winnipeg, U.S. versus Canada. It's oh, okay. Of, since right. we're not getting a World Cup of hockey, thanks, yeah. Bettman. There we go. Yeah, well, we are just postponed it, like postponed it another year, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. if ever. I, Nathan McKinnon was asked about that, and he was just like, "I've given up." Like the the poor guy has not played in anything like for his his country, and he just wants to so bad, but everything just keeps getting pushed back. So I I think he was asked about it. He was just like, at this point, uh, until I put the uniform on and exactly. I go out skating. They pulled the Olympics out at the 11th yeah. hour. So yeah, I know, I know. So, 
All right, everybody. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. So uh, enjoy it. Don't get too angry if everything doesn't go the Avs way. Uh, but I, I think the, the Avs can pull this thing off. I th if, if they do, man, you got to feel really good about what these guys are doing for this team right now. And these Duke guys don't have a lot of door of a return. So if you yeah. win here and bring him back, mm. everybody starts coming back. We're, as you can keep up with the Landy counter, like yeah, pieces are coming back. Yeah. So if you could get through this, the Juskin skating, right? Yes. Like yeah, yeah, the Juskin skating, and I think, I think Helm is in a, a red red uh, jersey during practice, so that's a positive sign. As is Bowen Byram, I believe. So you're slowly getting these pieces back. So if you can win with the roster you have, I think we'll be okay. Be good. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Obviously, that is always appreciated. Follow us on all of our socials, and we will definitely be back tomorrow to break down the Avs and the Winnipeg Jets. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Enjoy the game, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go! Go!